we do a lot of work with uh, Silicon Valley and so forth. And the problem there is that um, a lot of people there, they think about brand and marketing or advertising or whatever, and they can just as sort of the anti Christ or whatever, and they hold it at arm's length, want to stay as far away from that as possible. When in fact, um, they are branding, quote unquote, from the first minute they share that back of an envelope. And you're building your community the minute you share your idea with someone else. Hello and welcome to the Extraordinary Podcast. This is Tobias. And hey, I have some really, really interesting stuff for you today. I'm interviewing brand expert Patrick Hanlon, who uh, wrote the book called Primal Branding. You might have heard of it. He wrote it 13 years ago. And now he not only has a new company called Primal Branding, uh, he also relaunched the book, which is a great, it's kind of a classic in the world of brand building. You know, uh, he was also, I would even say before his time, because the seven principles that he teaches in that book are, you know, couldn't be more topical, couldn't be more relevant than they are today. Just to give you an example of how influential his book is, you know, it's uh, not only recommended reading at YouTube, I mean, the company, it is required for everyone to read the book Primal Branding, and I think you should read it too. So uh, in this interview, you're going to learn a lot about brand building, and uh, Patrick has a really great approach to it. His seven uh, principle framework is something we can all learn from, and uh, you know, I'm going to do a separate intro as we uh, get on with the interview. Before we get there, however, I want to uh, just let you know that I'm launching a webinar. It's a recurring webinar, which means that it's uh, pre-recorded. You can consume it at your leisure. You can find it at thefutureacademy.com. Just go to the front page and scroll down a little bit. You'll find it there. It's called Brand Strategy Made Simple. Now, the reason I'm doing this webinar and uh, putting it out there is because, uh, as you might know, I've been uh, working with over 100 different companies on brand strategy during my career. And one of the things that I've really uh, suffered from, this is struggle with, is that brand strategy tends to become very complex. There's so much jargon. Uh, it's sometimes very difficult to go through a whole brand strategy process. So I wanted to simplify it. And uh, in this free training, uh, I'm giving you uh, a tool which I call the brand strategy question. So yes, you know you can do brand strategy by answering or actually working with one question. You're going to have to answer a few questions to be able to answer the brand strategy question, which I think is the most important question you can ever ask about your brand, maybe even your whole business. Anyways, check that out, thefutureacademy.com. And now it's time to jump into today's interview with Patrick Hanlon. I really like this guy. I like everything about him. I like his stuff. Go and check him out. I'm going to give you the details in this interview. Enjoy the episode. Uh, I'm joined by Patrick Hanlon, who is the founder of uh, Primal Branding, formerly known as Thinktopia. And Primal Branding is a new firm that offers strategic brand innovation and transformation services for brands worldwide. So uh, Patrick has worked with global companies and brands such as Levi's, Shopify, Fossil, Kraft Foods, Johnson Johnson's, PayPal, you name it. He's also a speaker and an author of Primal Branding, a book by the same name of his new company. So welcome to the podcast, Patrick. Great to have you on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Uh, so um, you and I, we work in the same field, and that gets me super excited. There's so much to talk about. Let's see if I, we can keep this <laughs> together and not uh, <laughs> right. talk, talk forever. Uh, but before we get into all the stuff I want to talk about, primal branding and your views more than anything, uh, just tell us, what, what is your story? Sort of how did you get to do what you do today? Where did it all start? Yeah, well, I started in advertising, and I was writing um, 
you know, commercials. I worked on Lego. I worked on uh, um, lots of different things, really. And um, so writing Super Bowl spots and so forth. And what I discovered was that there was a big gap. And, uh, and so I leapt into it. And the gap was that while people were talking about um, Apple cults and the Nike tribes and so forth, people really didn't really understand how to do that for themselves other through imitation and advertising is pretty much an imitative art we look at how other people have done things in the same category and that kind of breeds imitation rather than true different truly differentiating why um a product or service exists in the marketplace what makes it truly different and how to communicate that Mm. through all the channels that exist especially today yeah. and you know splintered channels so the um that's what got me into it and i discovered what we today we call primal branding and primal code and that there's these there are these seven elements that pieces of code that mm. uh drive a narrative and make it make it unique and different yeah what what uh what were some of the influences or what made you maybe start shifting your thinking when you were working and you said advertising writing uh super bowl ads and so forth like did you feel like you weren't sort of going full circle or what was what were some of the ideas well yeah um what i identified was a pattern and so my influence my influences for that were really out way outside of advertising and they were more uh like french structuralists roland oh. bart and wow. claude levy strauss and uh you know in the states joseph campbell and who's a mythologist yeah. and really what are the patterns that exist as for human beings for us as human beings and that's um you know we look at brands as a belief system and belief systems are driven by uh, when, and once you create a belief system, you attract others who share your beliefs, and belief systems are driven by story. And those mm. stories have a pattern that ping both the rational and emotional parts of our brain that just help things make sense. And if you make more sense than the guy standing next to you, you win. Yeah, exactly. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Right? And so um, the how to create those stories, though, has been... I don't wouldn't say that it's a mystery, but it but it's it's only a mystery <laughs> when you don't realize that it's there. But once you discover it, you know. And I just mm. thought the other day, it's uh, someone asked me once, well, why didn't it, someone tell me about this earlier? And once you realize this pattern, you go, well, why didn't someone teach me that? You know, with my ABCs or when I learned to count to ten, why didn't they tell me that, that this <laughs> exists? So that yeah. you know. And so, um, you know, people have likened branding to molding fog and because it's just this um, uh, esoteric, ethereal sort of thing that you sort of get, but you don't really get. And uh, it's not what people say about you when you when you leave the room, like someone has said, yeah, you know, that's your reputation. It's not and it's not you know, a butterfly floating through the air <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, and so the, so there's, it's just been very ethereal and, uh, you know, you ask a hundred people, I've written about this lots, uh, yeah. but, uh, you ask a hundred people, you know, for their, um, opinion 
uh, for the definition of brand and you get a hundred different opinions and, you know, in marketing, everything else is so, um, we have a number for everything except for that thing that, uh, enterprises want most. And that is to create a brand because brands are more valuable. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I was also just so, giving a lecture yesterday and uh, I got that question afterwards exactly how do you measure this was like some finance people who raised the question. I think it's it's kind of a paradox because on one hand, well, I'm someone who would argue that brand is still like why people choose you or why they don't choose you and so that's kind of the what is more important than that and yet we can't really measure it. But we can measure a lot of other yeah. things, but yeah. yeah. So yeah. I have to ask you like uh, if you were one of those 100 people uh <laughs> that I had to ask uh, what brand stands for, how would you define it sort of or what is your Yeah, it's yeah, it, like I said just a second ago, a minute ago, um it, brands are belief systems and once you create a belief system, you attract others who share your beliefs and yeah. um a belief system has seven uh, key elements. Uh, it has a, they have a creation story. You know, Apple started in a garage. Nike started, you know, either in, uh, uh, Bill Bowerman's kitchen when he made the waffle sole mm. or out of Phil Knight's trunk when he was selling Nikes at swap meets. Um, mm. there's, once you know where you're from, once we know where you're from, what are you about? You know, there's a creed mm. and you got a providence. Yeah. And the, um, so we, uh, that's what what we're all about. And then uh, there is a um, once, uh, which was either think different, he pluribus unum, or some, you know, um, uh, just do it for Nike. Yeah. And then uh, there are icons. If uh, we have to be able to identify you, which are everything from the Nike swoosh to the flag, you know, to the finished flag, mm. in your case. And yeah. uh, but also product product design sounds. Um, um, other key identifiers, you know, the way you dress, the way you wear your hair, things like that. We get to personal brands and mm. so forth. And then when we uh, get into um, icons are closely aligned with rituals, what we call rituals. Uh, rich, um, rituals are how you got to work in the morning, mm. probably, but and you drove a car to get there, which is an icon, and that's how the <laughs> <laughs> rituals and icons kind of work together. Yeah. But the uh, more... Uh, aptly, you know, Nike's, um, you know, brought forward these rituals called marathons, you know, working yeah. out and all this kind of stuff. And uh, Starbucks changed the way that we have coffee in the morning. And Apple changed the way that we uh, communicate with one another, you know, through smartphones, the iPhone. So the um, rituals are important. Rituals can also be uh, called process. You know, when you're inside mm -hmm. of a company in um, creating cor company mm -hmm. culture, culture, corporate yeah. culture. Yeah. Yeah. Rituals are process. It's the way we do things or, or the way we don't do things. Uh, and then uh, there are all communities have their own set of words, uh, mm -hmm. whether you are a coder or you're a lawyer or you're an actor or you're a politician or mm -hmm. you... Um, <laughs> or you work at Starbucks, <laughs> ice grande, skinny decaf latte. These are the words that we have to learn in yeah. order to um, perform um, and have credence and authority, um, yeah. either in the workplace or, you know, just playing soccer or yeah. golf. Right, so kind of like right? cultural code. A whole, whole new or... set of words. Yeah, 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 yeah. And the thing is, is that we all belong 
to many different micro communities like that, whether you're a soccer fan or you play chess or you uh, play cards or you um, are a lawyer or a doctor or, you know, work in marketing, et cetera, et cetera. You have to know the words. Yeah. If you want to succeed. Uh, And how well you know those words determine where you fit in the hierarchy of things. So, um, and words also exclude people. Um, We know if you're not a part of the tribe, if you don't know the words, right? So the, um, um, so that, and then uh, this group called non-believers, you know, Coke versus Pepsi, Apple versus PC, um, political parties, and so forth, Brexit or not to Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and then finally the leader. And once you pull all those pieces together, you are able to create a, um, a script, basically, that is, becomes the story f- for your brand. Yeah. It becomes a, what we call a strategic brand narrative. And from that, you can then determine where, you know, where do you tell your creation story? Where mm-hmm. do you show off your, your icons? Where do you um, talk about your creed? and your point of view, et cetera. And so that really, and so those spill out then into, you know, onto Facebook, onto your website, Instagram, tweet. So it becomes kind of like a, so that becomes a framework then, like, is this something? uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what people, areas and yeah. yeah. What people like about it is it's a system. Yeah. And um, it's a systematic approach. And uh, some, one someone just once told me uh you know they can just they have theirs up on a board a whiteboard and they can just look at it and go oh we need to be talking about this this week Mm. you know or we need to talk about or we talked about that last week so let's talk about this other thing over here you know yeah um and we need to and ultimately you need to personalize this so that your advocates um, talk about you. So it does impact word of mouth and your advocates, um, need to know your story. So our role as companies, as enterprises these days is to make sure that our advocates are telling our story. That's our responsibility. We're Mm -hmm. not responsible for telling the story necessarily, but we are responsible for, because people are going to say what they want to say. Right. Yeah. But what they say um, we can influence the dialogue or the conversation by telling our advocates uh, our point of view so they know what truth is for um, for us. Right, yes. Yeah. And, and so, for example, if they don't know how the company started or what we believe in, you know, or what we stand for, um, then people are going to make it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And and for themselves. And so and you might not like what they say. Yeah, exactly. And right. it might not be so, so coherent. <laughs> that's that's how it becomes our responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. And they might leave things out or they might tell mistruths, half truths uh, and opinion and so forth. And and that doesn't help. Yeah. And so that becomes like a is it, so the outcome of this is clarity i guess like brand strategy perhaps uh you know creating the the future of your brand or how how far does it extend into the well it's all yeah it's all about creating a vision mm-hmm. and communicating that it's about creating basically using this you it, it costs no money to do this 
right? It does cost money to execute against sure. it, and that's where you win. But the um, execution's everything. But it costs no money to put the story together. And um, and it's critical that um, that it be communicated. And the point is really that the you want in order to be relevant, in order to um, uh, be resonant, in order to uh, express your mission. So you gain trust, values, sense of purpose, clarity, transparency. Um, authenticity, uh, and, and all of these things that vision that brands typically spend, you know, millions of dollars trying to obtain. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where does, in your opinion, where do companies struggle the most, like when it comes to brand building in general? Oh, I would say what, you know, Simon Sinek calls the why. Uh, yeah. They, why do we exist and what's our point of, you know, view? What's our different? real point of differentiation is something that um, people struggle with, even if they are a billion dollar brand. Yeah. Um, we've had several times when, um, you know, in one case, someone, uh, we spent three hours discussing why we existed, why they existed. Uh, the CEO, the founder, uh, and all the uh, key stakeholders you know, all had different versions of <laughs> why they came to work in the morning. And, you know, that, and that's not, um, that's not unusual. No. And um, they were a young company and uh, uh, entertainment um, computer game. And they created a billion-dollar franchise. Wow. Uh, but still, the, um, they came to work for, with, you know, had different reasons for coming to work, to work in the morning. So it's and it, but it's more that's probably atypical. But the um, or maybe it's not. I'm not sure. But the <laughs> usually that happens with a hundred year old brand when they're trying to uh, oh re-engineer themselves for a new market, uh, yeah. for a new generation. You know, i.e. millennials or what? Yeah, or something. Yeah, how, how Gen Z. See, yeah, yeah. How do you see? What uh, are my experiences? Is that why do um, using a different framework, but still also call it a system, uh, go through it and try to clarify the vision and, and you know the core brand? Uh, very often, I run into the situation where where um, the differentiation land, if you want to call it, like the opportunity to really differentiate yourself, seems like too much of a stretch for the company to actually go there. Uh, sometimes it's because the it's reliant on some sort of trend moving in, like the health and well-being trend or whatever. And and I see, I, I agree with you that the kind of the clarity around why you exist and how you're different are kind of the key questions. And then also, I see this transformation that sort of I wouldn't call it unwillingness, but probably the the uh, fear of actually being bold enough to go toward that toward that vision that you talk about. Like, is that something you experience, or is it that just around here? Um, well, I think that, uh, every company has a point of differentiation. It's just a question of where is it? Mm. Uh, sometimes it's way back in the creation story. Uh, so, uh, the reason why the company was founded in the first place, a lot of times, uh, companies, uh, especially older ones where the technology has, um, outsmarted them and they find themselves, 
really in a tough situation uh, in terms of moving forward, how to move forward. Uh, a lot of times we can figure that out. Uh, how, how do they remain, remain relevant, you know, in yeah. the new world, right? And um, a lot of times that reason for being is way back when the founder started the company. Um, and you can see it back there. Um, an ex easy example of that is Motorola, which made radios in the 1920s and 30s in the United States. Yeah. And uh, in the, you know, 2000s, they made cell phones, which is a radio, <laughs> handheld yeah, radio, yeah, yeah. right? And so the... Um, so they had a real uh, reason for being, and they, but they just and they just had to find it by going back to um, um, their origin, yeah. right? Um, it's that does that's not always the case for companies, um, and especially when uh, things changing, uh, tastes are changing. I mean, literally, like in uh, consumer packaged goods. The people's tastes are cha literally changing in terms of not wanting to buy uh, certain foods and wanting to buy, you know, fresh, natural, you know, authentic foods. Mm, sure. And uh, so that's a problem. Yeah. You know, yeah, can be a problem for a lot of companies yeah. uh, who have created a pipeline uh, that exists that's all about, you know, processing food in mass quantities. Yeah. So you work with these really large brands, like these global uh, superstar brands, like the Levi's and the Shopify's and the you know the PayPal's and stuff. Like, what is what is something that perhaps people think about these companies that is actually different when you when you look at them from the inside? Is there something that a pattern or something that you, we we think of them as is having everything figured out, for example? Or... <laughs> <laughs> um... Well, not to name names or point fingers or anything, but the um, perception is, or yeah, reality does not always match match perception. I think we and, need some names here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but the um, no, I think that um, actually the the most um, the funniest thing that uh, I've seen is that a couple brands we've worked with, <clears throat> they did not really get just how adored and um, what's the word um, for example there I mean just uh, Lego yeah um, did not really appreciate the uh, the zealotry that uh, accompanied their brand for example you know people will spend weeks months whatever building some kind of Lego thing city or something like that, yeah, yeah. and you know, buying an extraordinary number of Lego bricks, which are very expensive, and uh, for Lego, they were, you know, kind of held at arm's length originally, not mm -hmm. to, not today anymore, but originally they were kind of held at, at arm's length as um, um, really being uh, just a little bit weird <laughs> or strange, <Yeah>. and <laughs> right, and and. Uh, uh, when in fact those people were, uh, you know, just true zealots and we didn't really understand how to treat that kind of, um, vibrant zealotry. Uh, now of course they do and they embrace it and, and, but that took some learning. 
Yeah. And uh, there are other companies like that too, you know, and uh, they just don't know how to, how to deal with people who just kind of go off the rails there in terms of really loving the brand uh, and or product. Yeah. Um, Which is a little weird not to be able to, uh, you know, how do you accept your, you know, real diehard fans, right? Right. Yeah. So. And, uh, We you've been working a lot with these uh, mega brands. Uh, I'm sure you have worked with smaller as well ones as well. But I I'm just thinking of also the listeners. Yeah, we we yeah. work with billion dollar brands and companies who want to, or those who want to become billion dollar brands. Okay, is that does that yeah. include a, a bold? We worked uh, with a lot of startups. A lot of startups, startups as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I know uh, a lot of our listeners are are um, startup entrepreneurs or entrepreneurs, small business owners. Um, what advice would you give, uh, let's say, entrepreneurs and small businesses who uh, have very limited resources but who want to build, who understand the importance of brand and want to build a brand? Like, uh, is, it, is it the same framework? Uh, is there something, something yeah, particular? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, we do a lot of work with uh, Silicon Valley and so forth. And the problem there is that... Um, a lot of people there, they think about brand and marketing or advertising or whatever, and they can just as sort of the anti-Christ or whatever, and they hold it at arm's length, want to stay as far away from that as possible. Yeah. Uh, when, in fact, um, they are branding, quote-unquote, from the first minute they share that back of an envelope with yeah. a friend and say, here's this idea, hey, I have this idea. Yeah. And they're starting to build because we, we look at brands as communities and your community community building, you're building your community. The minute you share your idea with someone else. And so, uh, as you build, you need to, so the, the, the extreme example is they are so focused on the build, uh, that they ignore all of that and they pop up, you know, 18 months later and, you know, oh, oh, all of a sudden they have to actually <laughs> make some money and sell sell yeah. this thing, yeah. and uh, to pay back the investors, and and there's no one there, yeah. right? So that's the extreme example. Yeah. Um, the perfect example, ideal example, is that they have been building a constituency uh, of advocacy and fans, you know, all along the line, and you see that happening, you know, with. Um, Uh, good marketers like Apple and so forth, Amazon even, you know, they're, they're continually, Google, they're continually doing thought experiments and out there poking the bushes um, to see w how people um, may or may not accept, you know, what they're doing. Uh, Instagram, with the whole likes thing, taking away the like button on Instagram. Yeah. You know, yeah. They, they've been experimenting that with that now for the last few weeks and months sure, and yeah. testing um, whether adoption whether people are going to adopt that or not or, or tell them they suck and so um the other thing i should point out is that we did our own thought experiment with um a conservancy in africa in kenya where we used uh just the primal code primal branding uh to tell the story we called in a few favors <coughs> excuse me and um we won the gold award for tourism For ecotourism oh. in Africa um, a couple of years ago, 2016, wow. just by um, putting out the story uh, and, you know, against all these other, you know, um, airlines, hotels, et cetera, et cetera, who are, are into ecotourism in Africa, uh, we won. Wow. 
and it cost it costs no money. There, I mean, there's not even a market. We laugh because there's, if you called the conservancy and asked for the marketing person, uh, <laughs> they wouldn't know who you're talking about. Yeah. And so, uh, so we had zero, absolutely zero dollars. And so, uh, it can be done and um, and needs to be done if you want to become successful. I really like this idea you said about building a brand means building a community, and I think. Maybe what you referred yeah. to, it's not something that drives me really mad with this whole conversation about like brand is not relevant anymore and you know, uh, we want to build a no brand brand or all this kind of complete paradox. Or brandless. Bullshit. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, it really annoys me. <laughs> but uh, I, I think maybe it's just because the values and the, the ways that we think of kind of building brands is just that they actually want to build a brand but they're just using a different language. They, so the whole value and the whole game is changed and they... There's another word almost for saying, like, no, we want to be authentic and not uh, trick people into buying by, by blowing some hot air into to something that, that never was really the way to build a brand anyway. I want to know, what's your thought on that? Right. Yeah. Well, people, you know, uh, advertising, you know, blew a lot of smoke and uh, was very, um, was all about what the company wanted to say. Well, that doesn't, people don't care what the company has to say anymore. As a matter yeah. of fact, most people think what the company if the company is saying it, it's probably a lie. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've got, we've come that far. And, and so the, yeah. yeah. And so we're m way more concerned about what um, our peers or what the users have to say about it. And to the point where, you know, in today's world, if you want to go ahead and spend, you know, a couple million dollars on a Super Bowl spot, good luck. You know, you're m much better off uh, moving from three stars to five, trying to, budge from three stars to five stars and getting better reviews mm. because when you are out there in the world um the stars win yeah. you know i mean think the last time you went you know to a, a visited another city and someone had recommended even if someone had recommended a friend had recommended a restaurant and there you're, you're out there on the street and you're uh someone you're with says well your restaurant only has three stars let's go to this one uh, I heard about that as five stars. Yeah. You're going to the one with five stars yeah. <laughs> categorically, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> you may wander back to the other one on your own, you know, with shame, but the, um, <laughs> but you're going to the one with five stars. So those ratings, those consumer ratings, uh, love it or leave it, it, it the, um, they're very important. Yeah. And so probably the most important thing. So user, uh, acceptance and, um, Getting the reviews, great reviews, is the number one thing. Yeah. So, do you think that uh, the whole digital world, uh, not that it's so new anymore, but do you, do you think that there are other implications on brand building that people need to be aware of? I mean, people starting out or building their brands right now, uh, you know, uh, from the image maybe that they have from from the sort of madman era of brand building to to what it really is today. How do you think? Uh, you know, how do you think of the whole digital? What is what is the whole digital era brought to brand building? Well, I think it's made it more exciting than ever because yeah. not only are some of those uh, categories free with air quotes around them, but they um, offer us an ability to shape uh, conversations and dialogue in many many different ways, and so it's 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 more exciting than ever, I think. And rather than have one single big idea, we need a lot of ideas. 
And because there are a lot of ways to express a brand and they're not necessarily, you know, through this big uh, megaphone bullhorn that we used to do use mm. in advertising with one signal idea, one single idea yeah. and yeah. beat the drum over and over and over again ad nauseum. And so the, um, I think it offers the opportunity and this is where execution counts and matters. And this is where, you know, having a billion dollars to spend on branding like Coca-Cola really comes into play because you're able to actually create a whole bunch of different things which is very daunting if you're a smaller brand. Yeah. You can still do it, but it's better to have money, right? Yeah. And so because you need to execute, you need to execute well and hopefully and the um and you're just able to tell so many more stories. Yeah. And so um I want to talk about your book a little bit because so, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, um, there are a couple of metrics that we use that are very relevant, I think. And one of them is that people, this is for the U.S. I'm not sure what it is around the world, but for the U.S., uh, they did a study and people in the U.S. need to hear about you from f six different places before they're even aware that you exist. Yeah. Um, you know, there are variations on that, I'm sure. But the, uh, so six different places. And then the in in Singapore it's seventeen <laughs> different right, places. Yeah, yeah, I heard eight in Australia. Even, so there's yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the there's that. So that's a metric that you should be tuned into. The other one is that it takes some behavioral scientists um, suggested this was last year uh, that it takes a hundred hours to make a friend. A hundred hours to make a friend. Oh. So if you line up those two stats, uh, those two metrics, you get a sense of what needs to happen mm. right so you take all your little micro moments when people are looking at you at instagram and starting that and facebook and so forth start adding those up at to 100 minutes to 100 hours <laughs> the um you have some work to do yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah. and so you get a uh a kind of a triangulation of you know space and time in that within that and so the uh so that's even more reason to have a lot of ways to to uh, continue. And, um, you know, YouTube measures, you know, how long you stay on YouTube. And there you go. Yeah. I mean, Whether I guess they're all the algorithms. They kind of have to be driven by engagement. Um, yeah. I, I guess yeah. for them engagement. to, Thank to, you. to yeah. thrive and survive. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, let's talk about your new book. I mean, I it's a, it's a, it's a, is it a second uh, is it an update? T talk talk about Primal Branding, the book that which you first published in was it two thousand six? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah the uh, we just took a look at brands as belief systems and basically deconstructed uh, some of the more famous brands that occurred at the time. Um, and there were a lot of things happening, luckily back then, that are still happening today. So, <laughs> yeah, um, we. Um, yeah, but at, in 2006, it was a different world. It was before smartphone, right? Right. Uh, YouTube had just come along the scene in 2005, and even things like Facebook, I mean, mm. Twitter and so forth, uh, and Instagram obviously didn't even exist yet, but right. even Facebook was uh, kind of a question mark yeah. right? you know, back then. It was, it was more like MySpace in the U.S., I guess, in 2006. So yeah. Facebook, yeah. I and, think I joined, um, yeah, so MySpace was around back then still, and... Um, um, 
but a whole lot of things. I mean, to talk, when I spoke about community back in 2006 and even before that, um, I was people thought I was uh, talking about you know church groups and minorities <laughs> and uh, just blank stares for marketers. But um, so I mean, according to some people, this book kind of um, uh, was futuristic in a way. Yeah, and, and you know, I was just going to say that. These. I was just going to say, yeah. yeah, I was just going to yeah. say that it feels like this is so topical and so like on the money today that I, it feels like, you know, you were really early writing this book in 2006, especially. But with the structure or pattern of the seven pieces of code are, univer are not only universal, as yeah. it turns out, uh, for human beings anyway. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, uh, but they're also um, timeless. Exactly. So yeah, although yeah. so many things have different. changed, yeah. the, the construct itself is, uh, you know, works 2,000 years ago and will t work 2,000 years from now, presumably yeah. anyway. And, uh, and so the, uh, and that's the real power of it is that it is able to um, move things. Yeah. Yeah, I love that idea. I love the whole. I think the name is really great as well. I think something that really sticks. I mean, it's really, yeah. How did Thank you come you. up with that? How did you come up with it, it by the way? Um, the the um, process is really it's a thing about taking something that's basically meaningless, and mm -hmm. and making it meaningful, yeah. it, which is really a primal thing. Yeah. And and I just wanted to I mean, this is really just about the soul of being a human being, essentially. And I didn't want to get too esoteric or ethereal about ethereal about it. But it is sort of the I mean, as some people have called it the root code and mm. of being a human being and um, which you probably get if you're into coding. But if you're yeah. not in coding, it just means the it's like it's like the DNA. It's another yeah. way of saying the DNA. Yeah. Um, uh, and so um, that was it. And um, and yeah, I mean, I tried several different names out on people. I don't remember any of them anymore. But the uh, but it's this is has stuck, so. And so what is your own vision right now that you rebranded and uh, you you're going all in on, on primal? Uh, what is the difference you want to make uh, in the world? Yeah. Well, we are now experimenting with uh, taking these seven pieces of code and uh, using artificial intelligence and other th other means, wow. learning engines and so forth, to uh, help individuate all of this so that when uh, someone picks up their smartphone and uh, they can learn about or be reminded of or opt in on, uh, on brand stories. Mm. And so that we are... Um, sort of optimizing for that right now. And we've been experimenting it with um, IBM Watson since the first of the year and engagement goes up and um, so far costs go down. Wow, sounds super exciting. And, uh, and if yeah, people it wanna... is. we think it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so how can people get in contact with you? How can they check out Primal and Primal Branding? Like what's the best way to, to discover you? Uh, the website is primalbranding.co, co.co, mm -hmm. and that's one way. And just Google Patrick Hanlon, yeah. Primal Branding. And the book as well, I guess, on, on Amazon? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Fantastic. Um, 
I, I want to ask one final question, which I because the the podcast is called Extraordinary, uh, which comes from the idea that mediocrity is the worst place in business, and you have to be extraordinary or unique to make it. That's just something I go around telling people. And so, what does the word extraordinary mean to you? What does it mean to be extraordinary? Oh, it means to be beyond ordinary, and uh, to offer something that's um, transformational. Yeah. to the world what is what is yeah. that today you t i mean is what would you say like the big shift is from product and service maybe to i mean you, everything you talk about is is an, is beyond feels well, like it's beyond the pro, the, the product people it's, it, yeah for most people i think today it's all about how do you create extraordinary experiences it's not just to have the um the product or the service itself I think the important thing today is that it's about creating, um, it's not about just the product or service itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and you see this most radically, I think, with stars, where it's mm. not enough just to have a number one hit, uh, but you also need a clothing line or a magazine or um, a cause, a social cause or um all of these and and, and all of may, might not be just one of those things it might be all of them right i mean if yeah. you go to a superstar like beyonce or um uh or some of the other ones kanye mm. rust and so forth uh they have not only the clothing line but the rihanna um not only the clothing line but they have you know a vodka <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or yeah. whatever it is right i mean they have everything I mean, yeah so many other things that are um um that their brand is engaged in yeah right and so i think the thing that is important about that is that they are expanding their networks so they are not just a, a pop star um mm. they're involved in, in many other things that involved in, and engage many other human beings yeah. As a result. And perhaps because they have that community they've been building, you know, they've been able to engage that community with other things and they have the trust and they have everything already. They, so. they use the platform of having a number one hit or a popular song uh, to expand and become a movie star or yeah. to yeah, create a clothing line or whatever it might be. Yeah. Hey, fantastic. Thank you so much. I, I could go on forever, but I, uh, I, uh, I know I have to let you go and uh, can't do this forever. But I, I, I love, <laughs> love this conversation. I, I really love everything you're yeah, doing. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, and, it's been uh, a great call. Thanks. Yeah, thanks so much. And, uh, you know, I really, um, I've been really impressed with everything I've found out about you. And I hope everyone goes and, and uh, searches you online and, and engages with your material. And uh, check out the book. And, and more than that, get the book. Uh, I think reading and getting new ideas uh, I always say this to people, like, buying a book is, like, the cheapest thing on earth. Like, if you can get someone's life experience for 15 to $25, it's just ridiculously cheap, and everyone should go out and read more. It's the best way to, to learn and, and transform your own life and be extraordinary. So with that yeah, said, yeah. thank you so much, Patrick, for joining. Oh, and, thanks, uh, Alex. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, all the best to you. Thanks so My much. My pleasure. For Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. And if you like this content, it would mean the world to me if you left a review or if you like this, if you share this with someone who needs to hear this message. And hey, I also want to remind you, 
if you want my free training called Brand Strategy Made Simple. It's a 45-minute training which teaches you how to create a brand strategy or clarify your existing brand strategy in 60 minutes or less. I know it's a bold promise and I don't usually recommend people to just spend 60 minutes on their brand strategy, but it's better than not having one. So check that out at thefutureacademy.com. Just scroll down. Uh, you'll find a link on the, on the landing page. Thanks again so much for, for listening to this episode and I look forward to speaking and connecting with you again soon.